And welcome to episode 62 of the Worldwide Chels pod. And, well, before I make any introductions... Champions, champions, ole, ole, ole. Champions, champions, ole, ole, ole. Well, Chelsea are two times champion of Europe. What a night, what a weekend we've just had. This is exactly 24 hours since the result. I'm still probably as drunk as I was last night. <laughs> I've not stopped drinking. Well, the only time I stopped drinking was when I passed out at four o'clock in the morning yesterday, this morning. But apart from that, I'm drunk all the way through. I'm delighted to be joined by a couple of guests. We'll have a couple more guests coming in and leaving. Uh, but we'll start with Jesters. How are you, my man? Uh, still... Still not uh, fully convinced that th- yesterday was real, but I'm doing excellent. Uh, it's a big step for the club, uh, for me personally. My first time watching Chelsea in a Champions League final. Popped my cherry, like I said, the other night. So, I mean, if that's the first time you, I've seen them in a Champions League final and they win, I mean, it's all gravy after this, isn't it? Oh yeah, we, at least you didn't have to experience 2008. That was that was painful, but um, happy you've, in your expression, popped your cherry. Perfect way to explain it. Um, but next we move on to Marv, co-host. How are you doing? Yeah, I could not be happier. The dream has been realised. The goal has been reached. Uh, did not expect. Well, I, I believed in it. We could win, even though I was very nervous. So I'm absolute. Could not be happier. Lost for words. The second star. Can't wait to buy a jumper or something just so I can reflect on that second star. Watched it with my son and family. His first trophy after just eight months. I had to wait twenty years or something like that. Absolutely delighted. Can so happy for the result. A perfect ten out of ten season. And Rudiger's won it, which makes me even happier. Such a great time. Well. Just, just to just to make a point, I've shamelessly already spent sixty pounds on ch- Champions of Europe stuff from the mega store. <laughs> Good. But, but I got a t- I got a t-shirt, I got a jumper, and I got a scarf. I'm buying the jumper as well. That I saw that I liked that one. Uh, well, we got to keep spending to uh, you know put money into the Haaland fund. Yeah, well, Haaland, Kane, one, either of them have got to come. And now, to my final guest, Mr. Positivity. And my fellow guy who, like me on this pod, predicted then months ago in September that we were going to get to the Champions League final and we were going to do it. Mike, how are you feeling? Um, yeah, like like Jester said, I'm I'm still kind of a, in a bit of disbelief. I don't know if that was necessarily the the booze that I had yesterday or last or and today for that matter. Um, like you, I've I actually I, I don't have a beer in my hand right this second, but I um, I woke up and had one for breakfast just to kind of kick off the hangover that I had. But man, I'm I'm fantastic. Europe is blue. Um, it's it, this is you know I mean this is this is the start of uh, big things to come. I mean it doesn't get any bigger than a Champions League win, but I think we're gonna start ripping off some some titles. Yeah, I mean, you you put it perfectly. Not people talk about London's blue, mate. Europe's blue at the moment, and yeah, oh, it's just a 
fantastic moment. Um, so, Mike, staying with you for a minute. Obviously, me and you were back in September. We we did predict that we were going to go very far into the Champions League, and if we got to the fo- if we got to the semi-finals, we could go all the way. Are you happy that you're vindic- we're finally vindicated after many people said we were crazy? I'm never one to tell somebody I told you so. Um, just because um, throughout my life, I've always it seems like I always hear that from other people because of the dumb shit that I've done in my life. But um, to everybody that that didn't believe, um, I told you so. We told you so. <laughs> um, <laughs> ignore us at your own peril or at, at at your delight when when you're pleasantly surprised when we win another one, which will happen very soon. If I can get you a prediction of when we will next win it, just attempt I, fate. Hey, uh, let's. Uh, why not? Why not us next year? Oh, oh, oh! That that would be very interesting. That would be very interesting indeed. Um, Marv, what what was your what was your initial reaction to winning? Did was you in shock? Did you believe it? Uh, cried. Uh, for the second time, um, I, I had my son there as I remember, I was really nervous because obviously the last five minutes and they'd added those seven minutes on. I was watching it in, in a Mexican bar, City fan in front of me, I think there was, and I kept, I was swearing at the, I was really constantly swearing at the City players during the game, just going crazy. And I was standing up when Pulisic missed, I nearly had a heart attack. And uh, when uh, it finally, that, that Mares shot, I mean, that could, the ball was in slow motion to me as I was watching it. I was like, yeah, my heart literally skipped a beat. After that was missed, and we kind of booted the ball long, and I, I thought, you know, once that ball had come long and Mendy had caught it, I was like, okay, just hold on to the ball. And then I couldn't believe it, in fact. I was in complete disbelief. Even when Havertz scored that goal and we kind of had a lead, I, I was saying, it's not over, it's not over, we've got a long way to go. And uh, I just can't believe they've managed to win. I've literally been watching on YouTube the celebrations, everything, saving all the pictures I could find since then, even still doing it now during my lesson. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, the same. I, I try to find every photo of a player of the Champions League, saving it in my phone, saving some celebrations. I've even made, I've even making a Champions of Europe 2021 playlist with yeah. as many Chelsea-related songs, as many Champion-related songs, just to keep this memory going. I mean, for me, I, 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 I like you. I, I, I cried on stream, which is a bit embarrassing. Um, but it, it happens. Um, the watch along after four hours of streaming, and it was it's, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Jesters, obviously, we did catch up with you on the stream straight after. But how, what was your reaction to the final whistle? Yeah, I, you know, I I think we were all a little bit uh, intoxicated, but by, by by one thing or another last night. Um, so. I'm just stunned disbelief. Whatever we came up against, the challenges that we faced this year, this team overcame everything. It came overcame a lot. You know, I wasn't there in was it? It was twelve, wasn't it? With uh, Di Matteo, or was it eleven? When was when was Di twelve? Yeah. So I wasn't there. I didn't get to see that. So for me to for a manager to come in, take over. Right the ship, get us in the two finals, 
we you know we didn't win the first final and then the the build up play we we didn't look great uh of course probably that's because Conte was not 100% but we won't go there uh, that's why I picked him for player of the season um and then to go do what we did nobody thought hey you can't beat man city three times in a row i, I mean i heard it so so often on on people's streams on YouTube clips, oh, maybe we need to lose one of these games so we don't, we won't, because there's no, no, there's no way we're gonna beat them three times. And that was our fans saying that. That was people that are Chelsea fans saying, let's lose one of these games because we're not gonna beat them three times. Well, guess what? We just pimped them three times in a row. Doesn't matter what players Pep picks, what formation he picks, what tactics. We got them right in our pocket. So now that you have, what would you say, one of the other two teams, you know, us, City, and Liverpool next year, and, you know, and with the Liverpool team, you know we can do them. We did them earlier this year. So <clears throat> it's just, you know, some of it's joy, some of it is, how many people can I tell off in one day and still live, right? <laughs> so you just want to walk up to everybody and slap them in the face and go, see, talk some shit now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, I mean, I'm going to put my hands up. I was probably one that I, at one point, I probably was one of them Chelsea fans that thought, do we have to lose a game to win the Champions League? Um, but. I, it, it just for me, it just it just it, it, would, it would seem strange. I, I mean, a manager of Pep's brilliance shouldn't be outwitted three times in a row. And the fact that he did, maybe it just tells me that it is fraudiola all along. Matt, we we need to stop calling out the frauds because uh, we've got to delete. Find where that episode of mine and yours was before we change manager and delete it now. Uh, do you remember? Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. We can't. We can't. We got to delete that. There is no way, and that's the beautiful thing about football. And even people that know the game, because I, I think we know the game fairly well. We can. Everyone can get it wrong. And the fact that if you'd have said at the beginning of this season that we are going to win the Champions League, Thomas tu and it's going to be with Thomas Tuchel as the manager and Andreas Christensen playing a key role in us winning, I would have told you stop taking a piss. And uh, it's just incredible. You think about how it's been done uh, with players that we, you know, a lot of players people don't think are good enough. I didn't think Christensen was good enough at the club. I really didn't. And it's amazing when you get that wrong. Right, because I mean, what a performance! He made two really crucial blocks in that, and it's it's amazing how we've managed to have this this result. I did not see it coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I know me and Mark, me and Mike said we did see it coming, but I think we both be, both me and Mike can say it was just us being very optimistic, um, and the fact that it has happened is just absolutely amazing. And as you said, Marv. Me, both me and you didn't agree that Tuchel should have been a manager. We thought he was the wrong option, and we—I I mean, I—I don't—I I like to be proved wrong, so I'm so happy that he's proved me wrong in the best possible way. Um, to go into well before the game started, we had the starting lineups. Um, Mike, what did you think of Chelsea's starting lineup? Did you did you agree with it? Yeah, no, um, I I felt that. Having Pulisic come off the bench um, as an impact sub was probably the best 
um, decision there. I mean, even if it's not what I want as a as a fan of his, um, but I think ultimately that that lineup there, um, you definitely need to have N'Golo play in. Um, Silva should be playing. Um, yeah, Rudiger obviously was under Tuchel is is kind of a a sure a sure thing. Mindy, the same thing. I didn't I didn't feel like there was any real question mark as far as why are we playing this guy here uh, rather than maybe you know maybe Aspie, but um, you know looking back at it in hindsight, that was the right call. Um, you could probably make an argument looking at the lineup before it's before it happened. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, um, I nearly got the lineup right. I said that um, AC would start and Azpilicueta would be dropped to the bench, but that was just my preference, not too cool. So I, I did think that um, James and Aspie would start. Um, and we'll go on to Marv. Thank you. He just messaged me saying he can stay. He hasn't, yeah. his lessons hopefully been cancelled or yeah. delayed. So yeah. Mar- Marv, tell me. What did you think of the starting lineup? Well, actually, really, really, I mean, I was a bit worried about the potential of putting Reese in at one of the centre back positions. Um, but other than that, it was just the lineup uh, that we talked about on the pre pod that we had the other day, wasn't it? I, I was one of the things that was a sticker for me is that Havertz had to play. There was just, and, and I didn't know he was going to score the winning goal or anything like that. But I just felt like I, I'm not foretelling that he would score the winner. Um, but I, I wanted him in the lineup just for some reason. I felt that the lineup, that was the way to go. I was unsure whether he would have started Kante or Kovacic, depending on bringing on Kante for the energy. But, you know, I mean, if anyone is, is doubting the, the selection of Kante after the, what he's done now, I, I think he, not only is he a fantastic player, he's honestly, and I say it, and people, I've seen a lot of great players live. I still think he's up there. And one of the most kind of best players I've ever seen play live. And it's because he appears out of places I didn't even see him. And the first time I saw him, I was wowed by him even more than I am on the TV. Um, I was really happy at the lineup. It was what I, I'd hoped for. There was no players that I felt deserved to start that were on the bench. But then again, it's an entire team effort. So, uh, yeah, I'm delighted with it. Was was happy with the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to um, brag a little bit more, but I, I also... D- when we did the predictions, I did, I did predict that Hazard, Havertz would score. Um, unfortunately, my prediction, I, I did say that Man City would score first, which that didn't happen, thankfully. Um, but happy that I'm starting to get predictions right for once, which is nice that it's going in Chelsea's favour. Um, finally, Jester's obviously, we've mentioned Pulisic came off the bench. I think you said that was that was a good decision beforehand. Um, do you think the lineup was perfect? Well, I guess you can't really question what Tuchel does because usually his li- it, we don't lose because of his lineup. It's very rarely. So you have to take his hat, your hat off because he's a brilliant manager. So um, I thought they played Kovacic and Conte together because I knew that we were not going to be playing the ball out of the back through the middle. We'd go out to the wings. And, you know, that's where our goal came from, was actually playing that way. Mendy to Chilwell to Mount through to Kai. Um, so I didn't see it why you need you would need Jorginho in there because of the deficiencies that we know that he can have. You know, defensive problems with with a physical with a physical presence on the pitch. Problem is Pep didn't put a f- physical midfielder on the pitch. I mean so you couldn't you couldn't really 
predict that he would go with no DM. So he actually walked right into Tuchel's plan having Jorginho there because there wasn't that person to close him down and and somebody that could really take it to him. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I'm good. No. Yeah. Other than that, it was what we expected, right? Yeah, I mean, it was largely what we expected. I mean, going on, going straight onto that, what did what did you what was you what was your initial thoughts of Pep's? I mean, the only way I can describe it was it looked like a FIFA formation with no DM. The team sort sort of team you play in career mode. What did well, you think? I think? I think that's you know we have a, a saying down here that you just you know just throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And I think he was out of ideas on how to break Tuchel down. I really do. I, I think he had, he was like, well, I paid, played a back three. I lost. I played my normal holding mid. I lost. So I'm going to, I'm going to just put no mid on the field and see, you know, it's just like when you're out of ideas and you're like, Hmm, that one sounds good. And it could be kind of the worst idea out of the bunch. Right. But, you haven't tried it, so might as well. That's what I. That's what I thought. I was like, no DM on. I was looking for the DM. I'm like, who's playing DM? Are they Are they playing some weird three 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 or something like that? Because you're trying to figure out what is he doing. You know what what is actually the the formation on the pitch. And it, it, he just walked right into it. It's just it's just when you watch boxing sometimes in slow motion or UFC. And you see in slow motion, he never sees the punch or the kick coming. That's that's what Pep did. He just turned right into a punch. And it landed, and we have a trophy, and they can go home and cry some more. Yeah, I mean, City fans, yeah, they're doing a lot of crying, um, as I've seen from a lot of strange talk sport um, interviews where apparently we... we, we who are in a lot of stupid stuff and we cheat and whatever, but you know, that that's the way it goes. Um, Marv, your tact you, you have a great tactical insight. Can you explain why why Pep did his did what he did? Yeah, I think the idea is because it didn't work when he played two uh holding players in the first matchup and then he played one in the next matchup and it didn't work again. So I think his idea was that he just wanted to control the ball and, and rotate the ball as much as possible. I think that the idea is that they were just going for attack and that they could cut us off in the transition. Um, but the idea that he didn't play Fernandinho for me is quite surprising because he's a pretty strong player in the games. And uh, I mean, the fa- I mean, I can understand why he didn't pick Rodri because he's not very good. But um, I'm surprised that they didn't go with Fernandinho. Uh, and either way, tactically, we were able to do exactly. He said it after the game. He said, he said that um, we can do that we knew what they were going to do, but they still did it. And, uh, and in that case, it was a big problem because in that case, they, they wasn't able to stop it. They couldn't stop those balls straight down through the middle. And uh, that's just an issue, right? And we were able to, again, play it straight down. We had chances, just like all the other games. We had lots of chances, again. Like, we had lots of chances, again. We were able to play it straight down the middle. Timo Werner could have scored twice. Uh, Havertz then got a chance. Pulisic's chance. I mean, we really created it. Again, every game, we've done the same. 
So Tactica, I'm quite surprised that they did not find a way to adapt to that, considering we talk of Pep as one of the greatest of all time coaches. He wasn't, had no answer for it. He said the speed on the counter. Yes, now that we're playing with so much speed, we're able to break the line. So when Kante was able to cut their balls out, just like he did against Real Madrid with Marcelo's pass, anytime that ball got passed into the middle, Kante was able to cut it out. He made 10 interceptions in this game, 10 ball recoveries. And I think that was key to us winning. We were able to break straight forward again, create, create, create. And they got very lucky not to concede some more goals. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with exactly how you described it. Um, Mike, um, tell tell me, do you think, what what would you have done if you were Pep in that situation? Um, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you know, you can't stop what's coming. Um, so there wasn't anything that he could have done in my opinion um that would have that would have avoided or resulted in 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 city winning um i think that there's there's levels to this shit now and that um and Tuchel has proven that but realistically speaking i mean maybe have started a maybe have started aguero considering that he's had a he's had a nice history against chelsea in the past but I I don't know what I would have done any I I don't know if you would have, you could have done anything differently that would have resulted in a in a city in a city victory at this point. Yeah, I mean for me, it, it, it for me when I looked at the lineup that just made me growing a lot of confidence before the game, um, just because I I felt it was it was a bit of a suicide from Pep. I felt that not having a proper DM. Which, when looking into the game, Gundogan was the, well, I, if you call him a makeshift DM, but the furthest, the, the most offensive midfielder out of all of them. But the problem was the space was just there for the likes of Mount and Havertz to exploit. And they're probably the best players you want to exploit it, where they, dip, where they drift back. They go into that space and they make do of it. Um, so for me, that was just, against our side particularly, that just felt like suicide to me. I know... Marv, you mentioned about he tried the one in midfield in the second game. But for me, I, I don't think the one in midfield was the one defensive midfielder was the problem. The problem was he played that strange formation that made it he was one in midfield in general. Yeah, I felt I like think... if, he, if, if he played a DM, which proved it when Fernandinho eventually come on, they looked a bit... Uh, they obviously didn't, they didn't. They still didn't get past us, and they still didn't create much of attack in front. But they looked a bit more defensively solid because they had someone in that space. And Mason Mount was obviously off the pitch at the time, but Havertz wasn't able to exploit it as much. So I felt if they had that from the game, from the start of the game, they may have been a bit more comfortable. And obviously, the goal didn't really come from that anyway, so it was kind of a non void. But I, I just think they might have had a bit more of a chance. If I think it. I think it did actually come a little bit from that. If you look at like how the goal was created, it was a, it was a quick one to interchange with Chilwell and Mount, and then once uh, Mount uh, played that really quick pass into Mount, um, like once he's played that really good and fast time into Mount, which was really good, um, we then were able to play that ball straight down the middle. Now, would a good DM have seen that? Would a good DM have been able to kind of track that area because there was no DM? They were kind of on the halfway point. I think. The reason why that essentially City did not really look as good as us was a few reasons. I was, you know, as you trash talk before the game to try and psych yourself up by saying they're old. They're old. We're young. We're stronger. We're faster. They're, they're old. 
And it's not only that. I mean, we're looking at players that are good, but they're not necessarily big game players with fire in their hearts. I, I've never seen Kevin De Bruyne as a threat. And I know he's a really good player. But when I watch him play, I never think, wow, like some people do. I watch a huge game and I think, where is he? I didn't even remember, even feel like he was playing. And Sterling, my God, that guy, he spent more time whining than he did playing football. I mean, what happened to that guy? He like he's, he's a good dribbler. He's really good at running with a ball. But what the hell is he doing? What is he doing? He, he just literally every time crying to the ref. They, they're not big game players. And uh, I, I feel like we have the potential of cultivating these types of players at Chelsea. Uh, you know, uh, they, they all showed up. Every player in that 11 showed up, and so did the substitutes. They showed up. And I think in some cases, the City's one, there was a few few minor tactical problems, but I think balls were their problem, like it was for us in the cup final. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree a lot. I mean, like, it just sums up with Belgium. We, we watching Belgian football. It sums it up. They, do, they get to big competitions, and they bottle it, and it's just that their whole team is just filled with players that at the big occasion they just they can't seem to handle it and that's why I, when people talk about Lukaku I do get a bit worried about his mentality about how he yeah. shows up in big games but at the end of the day I think with Lukaku a bit more than De Bruyne if I'm honest you could probably make it work if you have the right players around him which is why if a Sancho comes in with Lukaku I'm pretty much okay with the deal because I feel with what Lukaku could bring in terms of benefits and with what Sancho would bring around him and the other players I think that would work but Lukaku on his own for me wouldn't work um, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for future discussions in the summer um, Just to circle back on this point real quick I hope that everybody because of the formation they play you saw there was no recognised DM there so everybody can now see why we play a back three because we don't have that holding destroyer midfielder either. So that's what we look like when we were playing with a back four, getting cut open down the middle with one pass. So that, so if anybody thinks that our, our need is offense, if we're going to play a back four, we have to have that holding middle sit there and turn those things away. So. Sorry, I just wanted to put that point in there. No, I mean you you just you just hit the nail on the head if I'm honest. That was a great, great point. Um and that's why I think a player such as Tutu Emmy could be a very good signing for us, because I think he could possibly do that with a bit of nurturing. Um, which hopefully will come from Thomas Tuchel, who is rumored to get a new contract. It's just done. simple just is it done? It's done. There was actually a clause in his original contract. That if he won the Champions League, it would be automatically extended to 2023 with an option for 2024. Oh, well, there you go, Jess. Is, um, but just to ask you a simple yes and no, each one of you, um, are you happy? Would you, would you extend the contract? Instantly and give him as much money as he wants. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. Mike? Absolutely. Um, the, the, guy, the guy is resurrected this team he's resurrected the career of so many players yeah i mean he has i mean arguably everyone everyone on the team has had their career resurrected in a way and he's brought more to glory and wrote them in the history books um 
I'm so happy, man. Sorry. <laughs> that was just like a, a break of happiness. Oh. But um, we'll go straight to man the match. Um, Mike, who who did you think was man the match? I mean, I personally, um, I don't. It's it's in Golo Conte, but if you wanted to make an argument for Rudiger, I would. I'd be willing to listen. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's, I, I think that was the obvious choice, especially when he looked at like his, his heat map, the, the man was literally everywhere on the pitch at, at, at one point or another. I, I'm, I'm just now, I, I can just tell Marv is absolutely ecstatic that if he's just heard yeah. Rudiger, <laughs> Champions, League, Champions League final man the match in the same sentence. Oh, my oh, God. Who is your man of the match? <laughs> well, I'd love to say because uh, Rudiger's tackle, actually, I mean, if that goes in from Foden, I mean, that's a different game and it's, a, you know, fear. That tackle is unbelievable. He's not just a tackle. He is a fantastic, fantastic player. And the reason why I backed him is not because I, I love the player more than specifically other players. It's because I see the game. And, you know, he's, he's got everything. He's athletic. He can tackle. He can pass. He's got energies. He's a leader. He's got everything. Yeah, he can make him. Every player can make a mistake. Um, for me, he's a brilliant player. I, I would say he was probably second on the list. I think if we're really looking at it totally, we've got to go with Kante. His ten interceptions were a colossal. Um, I mean, there is an argument for. Uh, there isn't an, an outside, but that's a pretty obvious thing to go with Kante uh, and maybe even Rudiger and any of the back line. But well, I say that. I would actually say a bit of a kind of unpopular maybe opinion is uh, Ben Chilwell. I think that um, some of the passes, the tackles, the plays of him in this game were, were unbelievable. So, I mean, it's between those three for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Marv, I'm going to dig you out here. Do you remember when you said Chilwell wouldn't, wouldn't be a good signing for Chelsea? Uh, actually, no. Um, if you go back to after the cup game with Leicester, so I'll admit if I didn't want signings, um, I'm, none of them were my first choice, actually, for this summer. But I would say I didn't say that he wouldn't be a good signer. I said after the FA Cup match with Leicester, I think he could be good for us. But I will admit that out of all of the left-backs we were linked to, my first choice was Alfonso Davies. And my second choice was that regular or Reguillon, or whatever you want to say. So I, I definitely need to take partially an L on that, but I was definitely for the signing of Chilwell. I wasn't one of those haters. You can actually even check the um, comments. You remember when people were complaining about comments when he was just posting stuff on Twitter and said, don't come to Chelsea. You'll see my comment on that. And all my comment says is, uh, you've got to lower your price, bro. So that was it for me. But, um, oh, crap, sorry. I've just sent a picture of Rudiger to my student. Fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> Oh, um, that's brilliant. Yeah. No, but I, I was happy with Chilwell. Although I'm gonna admit, I didn't, I didn't foresee it being uh, as amazing as as he is. No way, I did not foresee that. So yeah, I'm willing to take that. Um, I definitely didn't foresee Havertz to be a magic winner of a Champions League after his first season. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Very happy. Yeah, well, I think um, the only person that would have predicted the Havertz uh, winner probably would have been Josh, but we will let him. Uh, discuss that when he eventually comes on um jesters who was your man match well I, I guess i'm the oddball out i would have gave it to kai um i understand why they gave it to ngolo fair play um uh, i don't think either answer would be wrong i'm sure there's a number of people you could make a case for a number of people we played that well i know the score line was one nil but if 
if we actually finished our dinner, it could have been three to four nil. We really, we really had them on toast. So I, I, I don't want to, uh, maybe undermine anybody, anybody's play. But uh, for me, Kai, I mean, you balled out in the biggest game, and our offense looked the best when Kai was on the ball. Uh, you can see the first one to Werner that that he whiffed on. A beautiful play from that was a, that should have been an assist. Uh, Christian's ball. You could arguably say he could have done a little bit better. Uh, Ederson did get a hand or a finger or something to it because the ball changed its flight uh, path and had a different spin on it. But uh, he, I think he was brilliant and. Now everybody can actually see why what a generational talent is. I mean, we were playing more a five three two than we were a three four three. Um, because there would because Mount really stayed more as an eight than an up attacking ten. So, uh, and and really in the second half when we got when we started to sit back, that's where we were. But then Kai was just amazing. So, yeah, I, guess I, I mean, buy a kite jersey yeah. now. Oh, don't! I I was nearly, I was looking at the mega store, nearly going to buy a third kit with Kai Havertz as number twenty nine, just because the third kit is technically the European away kit, and it's now it that that is now, throughout our Champions League campaign, that is now a kit that is to be remembered. Goated. As much as much as I, yeah, goated. That's exactly right. I mean, as much as I said, I, I said I'd never buy this kit, and no, nothing would make me buy it. But I might have to change my mind now. Yeah, you know, it's just it's, amazing. Yeah. So, I, but I can see Conte. You can't take anything away from what he did out there, and our team is just a different level with him on the pitch. So you could say Conte anytime he's there, really. Uh, bar a few games. It's always Conte, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, I last, I think on the on Steak stream, I did choose Havertz um, with Conte as a close second. I rewatched the game this morning, um, and I've actually rewatched it in the afternoon as well, uh, just because it's just such a oh. great game to watch. Oh, and I, 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 would, I would now change my mind to Kante um, but I still make the point and Jester said it perfectly in the Sadiq stream before Kai Havertz made the deciding moment the reason we won the Champions League because Kai Havertz put it all in the back of the net and he done it in a fantastic way so I that that's why I, I initially and you just like you got sometimes you just got to give it to Kai Havertz because he has won he has wrote his name into Chelsea's history um so, it, it, I mean, as you said, you could give it to about nine or ten players on that pitch, arguably more. I mean, I, I, I say you wouldn't be able to give it to Thiago Silva because he didn't last long enough, but um, even he was fantastic when he was on the pitch. Um, but moving on to a discussion point that a lot of people would talk about, Kante, Ballon d'Or. If France win the Euros... Mike, does Kante win the Ballon d'Or? I mean, why wouldn't he? I mean, I say that, but I mean, the reality of it is, I mean, it's 
it's an individual player trophy. Um, it's an award that would go to, you know, a player that's critical to, you know, in a lot of in a lot of uh, cases, a, a successful team's um, or a highly successful team's success. So I, I say that with with that in mind and, and knowing the type of player he is and the type of, you know, what the skills he brings to the table for both Chelsea and for his national team. Um, yeah, I. I wouldn't have any problems with that if I'm if I'm a neutral. Obviously, I'm not a neutral, so um, the the more the more awards and accolades that our our, our guys can get, uh, I'm in favor of it. So, but yeah, I think even if I was a, a fan of another team, if Conte ends up winning Euros, uh, it would be a hard argument to to give it to to another player that didn't. Yeah, I mean, Marv. Do you, do you think he has a chance of winning it? I think he definitely does. I think, yeah, if, I mean, there's no argument against it if he wins, if they do actually win the Euros. Uh, and I think that's the thing. We've never had a winner. And I'm looking um, around. Who Who is there at this point that could really claim? I mean, maybe there's Mbappe, but they, they didn't even win the French League either, right? So uh, I'm thinking about who they would give it to. Messi hasn't been as good this season. Uh, Ronaldo, I think it would be unfair to kind of give it to those guys this time. So there is a gap in the market. And I think that Kante could be the one. Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah but, I think I think Lewandowski is the one that I look at and go, he could win it. But, but then again, European. But yeah. well, the the only thing I'd say is I think if Lewandowski was fit, Matt, we wouldn't be playing Man City in the final. But that that's that that would be a discussion for another day. But I I do think uh, I'll let Jester's answer first. Jester's um. Do you think he deserves Ballon d'Or? Well, a couple of things on that. Not only should he win, if he doesn't win, it's a crime. Okay, you're talking about probably the best midfielder that is not considered an attacking midfielder that we've seen in what? 30 years? 20 years? I mean, I think he's he's passed all the, all the Chelsea greats at that position, has he not? I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know the history as well as as everybody else. So, tell me if I'm wrong. If he if he's not our best defensive midfielder ever, I mean, tell me who is. I mean, even even going um, to, you could even say one of the best midfielders in general obviously Lampard will take that take that W oh. quite comfortably just because of his overall game but I, I, I could say Kante's near near second in that I, 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 unless anyone can pick out a central, midf- central midfielder uh, off the top of their heads that would beat Kante in that race Marv uh, right now you think just overall in Chelsea's history, is there any other central midfielder that's better than Kante? I think in the world now that he's won the Champions League, there's only Lampard. So, um, like, I mean, that that, that matters. Uh, so he's pretty much won all of the things. So, no, I think um, he'll now slot... I think now he's going to actually overtake Makaleli. Yeah, I think he's... I think he's... Com- for me, he's comfortably so overtaking Makaleli now. So, so, I mean, he's, he's done everything for France. Pretty much, uh, he's done. He's won Champions Leagues at multiple teams. 
and you could always say it always comes back down to, to his performances, why those teams were so great or hard to break down at least. Um, so yeah, he, it's a crime if he doesn't win, he should win. Uh, I hope politics don't play it. Doesn't play a part because usually you want to parade those type of people around. You want them, you know, glamor and glitz on those big trophies. Um, but if you're looking at somebody that, that does everything that a footballer should do, what, what, what a human should be about, then it's N'Golo Conte. It's just the fact that he's not loud and he's not a media darling because he, he, you know, he just wants to live his life as a, as a, just a regular person. I understand that. Uh, but yeah, it has to be him. And second, I know there's a lot of shouts if England wins that Mount should get it. I just, I think those are that that that's a uh, a place I will not go. Oh, I, I was I, I was actually gonna I was actually I gonna would. fire that at you anyway. I was just I gonna stir were. the stir the Johnny, get a bit it's of just, that money. I I just look at the numbers, and yes, he's been amazing. But it's the goal contributions. If you're looking at what Mountain is supposed to be doing on the pitch and what Conte is supposed to be doing on the pitch, uh, I think he scores like or goal contribution every 365 minutes for Mount or something like that. So you would you would want to see him at least have a Lampard type season go, uh, with goals and assists. Or something near to a, what, even what Hazard did for an average season to get to get that, uh, but I think Conte is exempt from that because he is so good at what he does. You know, just so good. There's nobody. There, he's the best in the world at it. So once you're considered the best in the world at doing something, and your teams keep winning, and you're the common thread throughout all those teams, you have to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, if if Mount won England the Euros, I, I wouldn't give a shit about if you won Ballon d'Or or not. The Euros would just be enough for me as an England fan because we've been starved of any type of international glory for ages, so I wouldn't care if he won the Ballon d'Or or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going into the Kante discussion, I do think, looking back at when Modric won it, if Kante would be doing better than what Modric did, and so, as you said, Messi and Ronaldo, for me, are out of the picture. They've both had, for their standards, average seasons. Um, again, Mbappe, can you really give it to Mbappe when PSG didn't even win the French League? Didn't get far enough in the Champions League? Um, you could, I, I think, as Mike said, Lewandowski is probably the biggest shout for me. Just because um, the amount of goals he's got, he's basically... Go I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw out um, Edward Mendy. <laughs> I, I think um, you know he, he broke a record, if I'm not mistaken, right? Most clean sheets in the Champions League, right? If I'm I mean, not I'd, mistaken, I'd, I'd love to give it to Edward Mendy. <laughs> uh, I'd love. I'd love to give it to Edward Mendy, but I. I just think goalkeepers never win the Ballon d'Or. I think uh, what Alison Becker won it, right? 
Well, he won. No, he he didn't win no, the Ballon d'Or. He won. He won something like. But yeah, yeah. No, but no goalkeeper actually. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think but, the Ballon d'Or is if you're lucky at the, as a defensive midfielder, you'll get it. I don't. I don't think anyone outside defense. Any anyone in the defense or in goal would ever get it, just because it's biased towards football well, strikers and that. So I think. Yeah. For me, but, Lewandowski is the only real. He's, he's already broken. Uh, he's already broken so many trends, though, right? He's the first uh, first African goalkeeper, right, in the finals. Uh, most clean sheets in a, in a Champions League. Um, yeah, let's let's give it to him. I I, 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 I <laughs> with what with what Mendy's had to experience in his past, I'd love to give it to him, but I just don't think he'll get it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hoping that Kante gets it, but yeah, I just know, football, I know football sure. politics won't allow it. But um, we, we, we will have to wait and might see. Ah, uh, sorry. X might give it to him. <laughs> Come on, R.I.P. Not anymore. Oh yeah, should have forgot about that. Ask oh, not for that. Anyway, next question. But yeah, um, so going into the game, obviously I, I, I am purposely waiting for Joss, so I'm not going to discuss the ha- uh, Havertz goal just as yet. Um, so I'm just trying to stall for when Josh finally arrives. He should be here any minute now. Just lay um, down, just lay down and hold your face for a while, and then I'll wait, and then, then put some <laughs> on it and use that as an excuse for why you're lost. Oh wait, sorry, that's De Bruyne. Sorry, continue. Um, well, let's let's go into that because there were some pathetic um, rumors um, that Rudiger should have been sent off. Marv, answer that quickly. Do you I think mean, Marv should, the Rudiger should have been sent off for that? Stupid. The rumor that that come from was Roberto Martinez. By the way, the biggest colossal whiner has ever been since he took that job at Everton. Absolute piss spoiler. I really don't like that little weasel. Um, every time whining, it was a bad, like little kind of check challenge. But the worst thing that is is a yellow card. He didn't, he didn't even hit him in the face. It was just blocking him off. I, that's happened to me. It's just a collision. He got rightfully booked, and that was the end of it. Uh, people are just looking for excuses. Really looking for excuses. Yeah, I mean, before we continue this discussion, um, Mike, obviously you have to go. So, f- thank you for coming on. Um, obviously, you missed the reunion pod. Thursday, which was a really big shame, um, but I'm happy that I managed to get you on now to discuss this historic moment. Guys, you got some any final you... words? Oh, um, I love everybody, man. Uh, I love this this podcast. I love this community. I'm the, just the fact that we're getting to experience this together, whether it's in person or virtually, has been it's been amazing, um, especially given the year that we've had last year. Um, and the fact that we're able to we're able to talk about it um, still kind of seems it still seems surreal. Yeah, I mean it, it is surreal. Um, so Mike, we'll let you go. Some uh, interesting news. I just want to jump in. Mike's still there, and some interesting news. We're linked with Adama again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the player a lot. Yeah, let's get him. Let's get uh, Lukaku, right? right no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> money. 
Danny Ings. First choice striker, Lukaku. Let's go. Fucking hell. Wave goodbye to elite level. All right, guys. Uh, Y'all have a nice one. Take it easy. You too, bro. Peace. Later. And just as one goes, another one comes in. We'll introduce our next guest who we've been waiting for, for for a while, but it's fantastic that he's back on. Josh, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Like my voice is really hurting, but what a great few days. Yeah, I mean, as 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 we all we're all struggling with voices or struggling know, with the amount of alcohol we've had. I know why his voice is hurting. I, I actually know the reason for this. It's uh, Habertsitis. Um, <laughs> Basically, what happens, he, whilst Josh was serving up his dinner, he, he, he ate too many W's and now he feels sick. Oh, I mean, after that, we just have to go straight into it. So, Josh, you're, you, you spent the entire summer talking about Kai Havertz every five, ten minutes. I remember I'd see your name and if there wasn't, if there wasn't, Habert in that conversation something was wrong um, he hasn't had the best of season but all of that 72 million that we've ended up paying for him because now that clause has been activated thanks to the Champions League win um, tell me how do you feel about Kai Havert winning the Champions League for Chelsea oh what a feeling um, he finally delivers but he's had a tough season so he deserves this moment um I was shocked. When he went through, I was like, if you miss, oh my God, I'm going to be slaughtered. <laughs> when he took it, like, found um, Edison and the keeper touched it, I was like, oh, he's fucked it. And then it just fell to him and he tapped it in. But overall, he was great last night and he really does deserve it for all the things he went through, like COVID, injuries, um, like some of the abuse he's got from that. Just overall on the internet, he's just been mean so much, like Werner. He just deserves it, and hope, hopefully next season he hits high numbers and he's full of confidence now. Was he your man in the match? Um, no. Um, had to be Rüdiger or Cantona. Yeah. Had to be an empty. We, we are... To him, but our we are eating so well, aren't we, Josh, for Rüdiger and Havertz? <laughs> Yeah, man, you batted him the whole way. Like, whenever yeah. someone slaughtered him, like, lost, like Lampard tax was real, let's be honest. Yeah. I love Lampard, but that tax was real, man, because loads of our defenders look bad and everything, like, so many things look wrong. Even Kep is still shit, but let's be honest, he was keeping clean sheets, <laughs> even under Tuchel and even under Sally, but then under Lampard, we were conceding five a game with him. So maybe Lampard tax is a thing, but, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, I mean, on this pod, we, we don't we don't take L's. We just we just take W's all day, every day. Uh, I gotta throw some I gotta throw some cold water on something real quick. You know, there's reports about uh, Adamas from Matt Law at the Telegraph, right? Please be true. I love Adama. Yeah, but yeah, it's Matt Law now. I don't Matt trust Law Matt Law. <laughs> it's Matt Law saying it. It's I mean, like... if, he's, if he's not talking about Rudiger, he gets a few things right. Yeah, uh, I've not heard Priori at all, and I've talked to a lot, or I've talked to a lot of people, and nobody. But that—that's out of the—that's—that's that's like 
you know, finding a hamster in your sandwich or something like that. Something that's not supposed to be there. If we're really talking about still saying three at the back. Yeah, so perfect. You're going to bring a striker in. A damn not a striker. But you're looking also to bring a striker in. Oh, yeah. But uh, but at wing back we are a bit light on the right-hand side, aren't we? I mean, people complaining we played Aspie there too much. We've only got... I mean, and Callum is not really a wing back, you know. So, we, you know, and obviously Tuchel's right. not satisfied with him there because he hasn't used him there for about a month or two. Um, and we've only got Reese there. And maybe the idea is that we don't see uh, the need to buy maybe a new centre-back and he wants to put Reese in there as well as in the right-back. So then we've got a bit more flexibility with having a dammer. And plus, he's a really good dribbler, counter-attack player, could be good at unlocking. And imagine his agility, pace and energy in the wing-back. He, he, for me, he's perfect for that position. Well, I, my concern is more like if you're going to bring in another attacker and the only two people are going out the door are Giroud, who didn't play very much, and Tammy, who didn't play very much under Tuchel. How are you going to keep all those attacking options happy when you only have three positions to fill? Yeah, I mean, I just think the Adama thing, I don't think we're going to play three at the back next season. So yeah, for me, that's, that, that's that, right. kind of, that, that kind of, like this, when people talk about Hakimi, if we're going to play three at the back, then yeah, get Hakimi in because he's the perfect wing back. But I don't. I, I just think we're going to go to a four at the back, um, and I think that's what Tuchel's always. I think the champ winning the Champions League for me it doesn't change that, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, Marv, yes. So talk talk to me about Kai Havertz. We can, now Josh is on. We can finally just let it all out. <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't my choice. He was Josh's cho- uh, Josh's uh, choice. I remember we were all discussing it uh, during the, the summer window. I-, I said he's not. Every time I'd repeat, I'm happy for him to come, but I say he was not worth 80 million. He's not worth 100 million. And uh, Josh was on him you know, all the whole time backing him. His whole time saying, "No, trust me, man. Havertz is the right one, you know." And uh, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough." And and here he comes. He's he's just won us the Champions League. So, you know, I now completely trust everything Josh says about ball is now going to be confirmed as a fact. So make sure you keep taking W's. Oh, br- brilliant, brilliant. I, I love the little impression. I don't, I don't know whether it was on point. We'll have to ask Josh that. Was that impression on point, Josh? That was horribly wrong. Horribly wrong, mate. Horribly wrong. I mean, Marv, you got to work on that. I have nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 got to, you got to work on Ali and you got to work on Josh. No man, I don't like that. Will you not good? I become Arrow halfway. Through. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was definitely more Arrow than Ali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Jester's analyze that Havertz goal for us. Well, it was a beautiful play. We saw it a few times. Bindi out to. To Chilwell, one touch in the mount. And this is what we've been asking for somebody who's playing in that position or is in that position with the ball. Get your head up, find the man, make the pass. And that's what happened. Werner makes a nice run to run off the center back. Zinchenko doesn't follow in because, uh, you know, he's an offensive-minded center back or, uh, excuse me, left wing back, more than a left back, I would say. Actually, they don't have a left back that's worth a damn on that roster. That's one of the the areas they have to address this summer. And boom. Around the keeper and the goal, history, lift the trophy. What else do you want to know? 
Yeah, well, my, my last simple question to all three of you right now about Havertz, is he an automatic Chelsea legend now? Just as I'll start with you. Automat- sure. I mean, we've only had three of these in our history, right? Three goals in the Champions League final. We've been in three. Was it Lampard, Didier, and now Kai Havertz? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're one of three, you got to be in there. It's, it's not. It's not a question. Maybe him in that moment. I don't know. Maybe you immortalize a moment if he does nothing else. But Kai's going to do things, so I'm not even worried about that. He's going to have a trophy case full before he leaves us. Yeah, I mean, Marv, is he a Chelsea legend automatically? I'm going to say yes, because for me, anyone that wins a Champions League for us is a legend. And of course, he scored the goal. Um, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there are some exceptions. I mean, depending on what happens in the rest of the career, if they go to Man United and they kind of maybe lose a little bit of luster. But um, like, for example, I mean, for me, all those that have played and, and achieved that, then they know could all be Chelsea legends. But uh, yeah, I would say the goal that he scored and the fact that he's won it, you know, he could have a terrible career of us now, but he still won the Champions League. So I'm going to say yes. Can I just flip you on that? You said yeah. that if you said anyone that went to Champions League is a Chelsea legend. Yeah, that, I mean, does that does that make Kepa Ariza Bilaga a Chelsea legend? Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, to be fair, when that was that was total shithousery when Kepa came on the pitch and did that <laughs> fucking knee slide. Well, that was that was one of my favourite moments. I just I, I, we were on the wait. stream and I just shouted Kepa. It was like, oh my god, brilliantly. He deserves it. I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's a squad game. Um, they all played their part in the season at some point, so I've got no problem with them doing that. I, I you know, um, for me, yeah, he's a legend. He might go down as the worst keeper we've ever had, but he's had like, um, Euro, he's got the Europa League and the Champions League now, so you know, he's okay with me in my book. Um, same with all of them, you know, like Tammy and, and Callum, and they've all they've all played a part in in in, in it. So, fair play. Yeah, I mean, jumping onto Callum. Callum yep. has now the record of the youngest player to win both the Europa League and Champions League at age 20. Good for him. 200 million now uh, or no sale. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I'd, l- I'd love to get 200 million for Callum to do it. Um, Josh, obviously, I-, I kind of know what the answer is going to be from you. Is Havertz an automatic legend? Nope. He's a cult hero. Oh, that was not what I was expecting. Ooh. Now, he needs to win more trophies like, to be a, a legend. I, I, we need our standards high, yeah? We can't be giving people legend status for just one trophy. We need to keep our like, standards high. We're going to have many legends because our club's going to be on top for years. We need to have... A, if Havertz wins a Prem and a few more little trophies, he's a legend. Right now, he's a cult hero because he scored the winning goal. Interesting. I mean, to be fair, I think if there's one player I can stick my neck out and say he will become a legend after that, it would be Kai Havertz. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, I understand your point. Obviously, um, he's got to win more than one trophy, one moment. But he arguably has won the biggest trophy um, and has sealed the biggest moment. So... I think that will probably be one of the biggest highs of his career. I don't think he could top that unless he scores a hat trick in the Champions League final. But um, yeah, I, w- I think I think he'll I think he'll he'll win many trophies with us, as Jester said. Um, so we will have to wait and see. Um, 
the next topic I wanted to go on, the Tiago Silva injury. Um, were you guys worried when you saw Tiago Silva go off the pitch for Andreas Christensen? <laughs> well, there's two parts to that question. Were you worried about his injury before you know who was coming on the pitch? Because if Azuma was coming on the pitch, I would have been a little bit nervous. Yeah, but, so. But it was AC, just... I was I was okay because he's played it. We've seen him play it well, and he's played that position even before Tuchel under Conte. So you you know that he can play it, and and it everything plays to his strength uh, because he has the ball at his feet and he's very very good at uh, passing. I mean, you have to give for center backs. You probably could say Tiago. And Christians, then then it's Christensen and Rudiger fighting it out, and then Zuma behind that, like way down the list, far down, like hell. Yeah, I mean, I I I did see Zuma warming up when Tiago Silva was first went down, and I was just screaming, I was just screaming, no, 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 please, please, like don't don't do this, don't do this to me. Uh, and then when Christensen come on, I was kind of like. A bit relieved, but I was still a bit worried. I mean, your best defender coming off um, in a Champions League final is never the best thing. Um, but Marv, what did you? What was your reaction at that point? Oh God, I was terrified. Yeah, um, I was talking to my girlfriend. And I was like, Oh no, Zuma comes on. We're completely fucked. And then I saw it was AC. I was like, oh, Okay, maybe he's ready to play again. And and then as soon as it went, it's weird to have confidence in a player I used to have no no confidence in. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I knew it was Christensen coming on, I thought, oh, okay, not much has changed. And then I was like, we conceded more goals as Syrah, Silva, so why not? Why not? Oh, how times changed that yeah. there's a Champions League final and Marv is back in Christensen. Yeah, it's the crazy thing. Crazy thing. And Josh, was you, I can imagine how, you're, young, you're a young boy, so you get, you, got very, you get very stressed very easily. Was you stressed about Silva's injury? No. Oh, he's you're you're learning. I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for this. Yeah, from day one. Every time he jumps on the ball, I'm thinking, "Don't get injured! Don't get injured!" You can't tell me all season he doesn't like he's gonna pull a muscle when he jumps in the air or something. You can't tell me that because he does. He looks so awkward when he does it. Yeah, but I mean, was you was you worried that he was gonna come off and we were gonna lose this at all? Um, no, for the, like I'm not gonna lie. The few days before, I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna lose." Cause after that middle result, but on the day, I just felt it. We was winning that game, hundred percent. It was ours. It was the moment, man. City were too cocky. City went in so cocky. It's your first final. Don't go into so cocky. You're gonna lose, and I just knew we was gonna win. So that didn't nerve me. Fair play, fair play. I mean. It... In, in, onto that onto that point, what I don't understand what how the footballing world have not learnt from their mistakes in 2012. They did exactly the same thing back when it we were going to Bayern Munich's hunting ground. We were going to lose Bayern Munich with the best team in the world, and we went and beat them. And then, for if in my opinion, a shitter Man City team, they've gone and done exactly the same thing and. Do you, do you guys understand it? Um, do you think the 
think the media will learn it, learn that lesson a third time when we next come to the Champions League final. I'll let anyone open Arsenal answer that first. I'll go. No. Because, you know, journalists now are motivated more by how much money this story is going to get me than is it something that I should be writing about or, most importantly, is it factually correct? <laughs> so let's get it straight. They care more about the clicks. And so they're going to write stories that you, they think are going to give them the most clicks. And Chelsea do not have, you know, they compared to United, we don't have that kind of fan base yet. We're working on it. And this is a, a step that way. Uh, even Arsenal, they say, has a bigger fan base. Not like it matters. They don't have anything to cheer for. So really, if if you have fans and you have nothing to cheer for, do you really have fans? It's the old, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's there to hear it, does it make a noise? Who knows? But uh, no, we know how we know how it works now. Um, they're going to write things that make them money. And if they don't see Chelsea as a topic or if they say, you know, because Man City is glorious, Pep and... That was the storyline going in. So everybody has to be sheep and follow. It doesn't matter where it takes them. They just have to follow along with the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, Marv, do you think the media will ever learn the lesson? Um, I don't think they ever will because we always seem to come out on top in the end and it's a beautiful thing. Long may it continue. And Josh, I assume you have the same opinion? Yeah, um, we're always hated by the media. It's Chelsea. We love this. We love being the team the media is against. So I'm not complaining. 2012, my young self knew he was going to win that. And today, no, yesterday, I knew he was going to win that too. So it's like, just keep on hating us, the media, man, because it makes us better. Us as the underdogs is where we perform. Us as the favourites, like the FA Cup final, we don't perform. So... Keep going. Yeah, I mean, for me, I agree. I think we're best when we are underdogs, and hopefully, we can continue that way because I think that that that's how that's how we roll, and that's how we always roll because the media just don't. I don't like to say it, but it is always a campaign against Chelsea, and it always has been, and it always will be. Um, but let I, I, we earlier today on the extreme, we had a very interesting debate. Um, when looking back at both this year's Champions Champions League and the 2012 Champions League, um, Josh, I'll start with you. Obviously, ev- everyone experienced 2012 differently. Obviously, Jester's this was your first Champions League, so it's hard for you to compare. Um, Marv and Josh, arguably, we were all both young um, when we experienced 2012, so we didn't really experience it as a what we call a fully grown adult with adult feelings um i just want to ask one question start with josh which champions league was more important 2021 or 2012 and why um to me this one because i was younger then i was 11 and i didn't fucking to be honest really know the feeling i went on social media so the only thing i saw was on the tv like, straight after the final finish, I had to go to bed because I had fucking 
um, stuff to do in the morning and I had like a bedtime. So it worked really at big experience. Or so this one, I'm like older. It's, just, it's more better in my opinion when you're older, when you're feeling it and being at the pub and that, oh, the atmosphere was crazy. So I have to say this one. Yeah, um, Marv, which one do you think was more important to you? Uh, 2012 because it was the first one and I think sometimes the first one is always a little bit uh, more but uh, that's not taking anything away from this one because like I said it's been done I think in a slightly better way I think you know it's with a lot of academy guys a lot of young players players that people didn't believe in so I think this one might have I think it's something it was with those players we've been with for the last 10 years so it kind of adds up whereas this one we've only just started with these guys right so Maybe if they, it would have been the same with, with, with those for 10 years, but there's so many different players here and kind of felt like this year was a new team and we've won it already. So I'm just waiting for it to sink in. But for me, they're both they're both super important. And obviously, Jester, obviously you didn't really, you didn't experience 2012 um, personally, but from what you've gathered from looking back at 2012 as a fan coming into it and then experiencing this Champions League as it is now, which one would you say is more important to you as well, I again because I I wasn't there to experience it, uh, but I can I guess I can describe it as the 2012 one was a finale for that group of people, right? It was the end of them with Chelsea in that capacity of winning the big things and reaching those heights. Yeah, this one is the beginning. This is like a prologue. To a story that's yet to be written. So if you if you go in the future from five years from now, and we've used this moment to kick on, and there's Premier Le- uh, uh, one or two Premier Leagues, and maybe another Champions League in there, or should be another Champions League in there, and it's the group of people at the core that we we have right now, you could say, well, hold on a minute. After 2012, we did some things, but we really didn't build like you know win stuff big the biggest things every year but after 2021 you know that's when we added a couple pieces and we went on running went on a run of of winning the big trophies and when i say the big trophies premier leagues champions leagues everything else is what your arsenals your tottenham's your Uniteds, uh, you, you know, Everton, Leicester should be fighting over. We're talking about the two trophies that everybody, you know, frankly would make a stream like this about. You know, we're not doing this for an FA Cup, right? We're not dedicating this much time for an FA Cup win. So it means more. So if we kick on from this and and do those things that we we all want us to do build a dynasty this will be the greatest ever and so now because of the beauty of technology we can go back come back five years and rehear my words and go man that guy was right horrible accent but that guy was right (laughs) (laughs) i mean just as you kind of the way you summed it up was just about how I was going to sum it up. I think, for me, I do think 2012 was impo- was very important. I think, um, for me, it was 
again, like Marv said, it's the first. So the first one you experience is always the one you treasure the most. Um, but for me, I do I do agree. I think in that situation, it was last chance saloon for the likes of Lampard, Drogba. I know Terry went on for a few more years, but it it was the last chance for a lot of them players. And it was the end of an era in that terms of that team. Um, obviously, we got the success and we were supposed to build on it. And apart from buying Eden Hazard, for me, I don't think we we didn't build on it enough. Um, and that was one major fault of the board, which I hope they've learned that lesson. Um, That's why we need to avoid the Lukaku's. Because whilst he is a good striker and a good player, he is a good striker and a good player for Inter Milan, not for the team that is trying to win the Champions League again. And it's what people seem to ignore. They're, oh, he scored so many goals. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but we're not playing Benevento in our league. You know? So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you on that, Matt. But, yeah, I think it's it's a big opportunity because we've got now a better team potential than we had when we had to rebuild the team after 2012. We need to then get the right players because now we have a base. We've got good academy players. We've got good young world superstars. So, They've got to be really careful in what we look look for now. Very specific role players, but also we need to fill that out with more world class, not be buying players that are kind of in the next level down. We're looking to compete more, not compete less. Yeah, I mean, I agree with your point. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, I think hopefully the board have learnt their mistake. And now we look at this team that's won the Champions League. This is a team that it's got the young core obviously you've got players like Giroud, Caballero, Azpi, maybe you could say Jorginho, Rudiger to an extent who in three to four years they may not be here at a capacity of a first team option um, but we've, you've got players like you've got Mount, you've got hudson Doy, you've got Reese James, you've got I know Tammy Abraham's going to leave but you've got Tammy Abraham, you've got other boys in the the academy, you've got Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, who are all still relatively young. Um, we've got a massive core in this team, and it's a core that will last us five, six, seven years. And now we've got that, the board needs to use this Champions League to build a dynasty, as Jester said. And I think that's why, for me, saying two to three years' time when we've built that dynasty. That's why I feel this this moment could be could eclipse twenty twelve and be more important because of what it's it it was the start of what will become. Um, hopefully, I, I I still have reservations about the board, um, but hopefully they can do the job, um, and I think we're all counting on them to do that. And in terms of the Lukaku thing, I think right now, if I was Bruce Buck, if I was Marina Grasky, if I was Petacek, if I was Roman, I'd be get I'd be getting on the phone to Daniel Levy right now and asking them for their price. Because I don't yeah. see why Harry Kane would want to move to Manchester City when Chelsea have just proved they're the ones that are winning the big trophies at the moment. Yes, City won the league, but if Harry Kane come to us, I guarantee we'd win the league next season. So We'll, we'll, we'll just hope. Let's just hope we can, we can make. Obviously, I, I get your points on Lukaku. I mean, I'm not Lukaku's biggest fan either. As, as I said, I think if you build more, if you get more than just Lukaku, I think it could work. But you can't just get Lukaku. 
And I think that would be another scenario of we're trying to build something, but we're just not backing it enough. So we'll have to wait and see what happens um, in terms of this. Um, one more thing before we start wrapping it up. Um, I thought one of the many photos that came out of that night, um, it was a moment where all the academy graduates, you had Christensen, you had Hudson Adoy, you had Tammy Abraham, you had Tino Andrin, Reese James, Mason Mount. They were all holding the trophy together. And I know all three of us, we're, all, we're not all exactly favourites of the all academy. Blindly look at Cobham as the holy growl for all players. But honestly, guys, did that did that did that put a smile on your face when you saw that? Marv, I'll start with you. Absolutely, it did. Uh, the picture of all of them holding the trophy is a wonderful thing, and it does it does show, obviously because it made me kind of double think about what we should do with Tammy really, um, because you know it shows how much certain players do actually care, and if I mean he's the only big I mean if we aren't. Getting, I mean, I'd much rather stick with him than by Lukaku. I mean, if that was really the option. I mean, my first choice is always Erling Haaland, of course. But yeah, it was amazing seeing that. Really, really lovely thing. And and what other teams can say they can do it that way? Yeah, uh, totally. Um, Josh, I'll just go to you. Um, yeah, it did. It's great because people put that narrative that Chelsea don't use their youth, um, don't really just loan out their youth, that the test joke and that, but really we just won the Champions League with youth players in, so people can shut up about that, and it just shows that our academy is good, but maybe not all of them are good, like some people say that the, every academy player should make it, <laughs> you still have signing big signings, no, but there's actually some that do come out that are good, like Mount and that, and that just shows Cobham is a good place for development. And, yeah, as I said, it just shows that narrative can go out the window now. Yeah, I mean, just as finally to finish your view, did, you, did, you, did that put a little smile to your face when you saw that photo? Probably not as much as other people. I think it's awesome that that group of players have been, been together for, for so long. They grew up together, a lot of them. Um, I guess a little sad because, you know, because like I, I said last night on, I, I guess, I don't know if it was hat. It was after this. Yeah. There's the after stream that, you know, you say straight out of Cobham, but some of them are going to be straight out of Chelsea. You know, that might, this might be the last time that these group of players are ever together again. And so at least they got to go out winning the biggest thing on the biggest stage together as a group so i think it's amazing from that aspect i wouldn't change my mind on those who need to go out again it's it you know it's business and business you have to put business over your emotions sometimes yeah i mean i i agree to agree with you to a point i mean for me that that did kind of put a, a, a good a big smile to my face when i did see that photo because it is you do, with the young players, the academy players, you do have that more of a representation of they are, they are Chelsea blue. They've been Chelsea since they were kids, and that they are 
obviously fans are not exactly connected to the clubs too much anymore, but they are probably one of the closest connections to you. And that's why I understand when people get very get their agendas with certain players. I mean, for me, I, I think um, Josh said it correctly. We shouldn't look at every youth player and think that they're God-given right to play in this team. But I think you look at Mason Mount. I, I, I call I call him the half-term prince. Um, but and he and he did. He, he he was the he was the guy that come and assisted Champions League final goal. Obviously, Havertz finished it off, but Mason Mount was there to make the assist. And it, it's it's lovely to see that again. What Josh said. We're now using youth players to um to do it um and it is fantastic to see um this happen um and it is uh, i mean with mark what marv said about the tammy abraham if tammy abraham wants to fight for his place and stay as a backup he's more than welcome to stay but i just don't think he's gonna fight for it and that's the problem i do think tammy abraham will leave i think callum hudson Doy could leave whatever it's on loan or in a permanent i think that could happen as well but We'll have to wait and see. I think moving forward, I think we do need to take this idea of we do try and bring some youth players through. And if they make it, that's great. We don't need to spend too much money on certain positions. Otherwise, we do need to make signings around them. I think the best way to move forward is making a combination of both. Um, and that for I me... Gotta, I got a special, special shout-out to uh, the ref and the whole crew from last night. I think they were amazing. Uh, if you notice, we didn't have these big, long stoppages for, for, for VAR because it was, oh, yeah, you're right, let's go, because the ref was not a freaking moron, okay? EPL, wake up. The FA, get your heads out of your ass. Find some of the best talent in the world in the refereeing business and bring them in. I don't care if they're English or not. We have to... I, I cannot watch another season with some morons that Michael... You know, Michael Oliver, Oliver's probably the best of them, and that ain't very good. So, I'm sorry I had, I had to go out on that rant, but he was amazing last night, and uh, he put up you know, he put up a, a great performance. So, yeah, I mean, it was probably the some of the best referee and I've seen in a long time. Um, so credit to him. And you saw at the end, he, the, he was crying at the end because I think even he was emotional at the point that he's managed to referee a Champions League final and him as a referee, he's, he's made it. I think he's retiring that guy. I think that might have been. Uh, oh, yeah, that's all. Great job by the ref. It's, uh, for one of the very few times we actually walk on and say, wow, the ref had a great game. And I said that, actually. I was, he didn't do anything stupid. He didn't give in to Sterling's whining and constant diving, claiming for handball, that other stuff. He did a really good job on it. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that, that finally brings a wrap to what has been a wonderful pod um, after a wonderful weekend that we've had. And... I just want to say fa- I just want to say thank you to all you guys because and all the guys the regulars that are not on at the moment that all of you guys have made this season this rocky horrible up and down season so special I just want to thank you all guys for coming on coming onto the pod in the group chat and making this season what it was um, first of all Jesters thank you for coming on thank you for having me as always and last thing. If we get our transfers right, 
we're bringing that we're bringing back the quadruple next year. Oh, that, that that's a prediction that I'm going to hold you on next season because me, right. me and Mike had our prediction that we held each other on and we got true. So I want to hear, I want to see you taking W's next season, just like Josh, Marv, me, um, Mike have done. So I'll be waiting for that next season. Uh, Marv, yes, thank bro. You for coming on. Thank you, my man. It's been wonderful. Great season. What a happy success. And Josh, finally, fa- thank you for coming on as well. Um, I hope to have you on a lot more in the summer. Yeah, thanks for getting me on. And yeah, we're winning the Prem next season. City, you might as well give up. Liverpool, you might as well give up. United, you might as well. Oh, you're shit anyway. Just fuck <laughs> off. Uh, we're winning the Prem next season. We'll get that FA Cup that we lost two years in a row. We've got a winning mentality now after UCL. Be scared. Roman's going to splash the cash. All right, yeah. the rivals. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to send, before we finish up, I'm going to send one last message to the rivals, to Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester City, and anyone else. I'm just going to serenade you with this one song. You'll never sing that. You'll never sing that. Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. Thank you to everyone that's listening. And.